Well, hey there. I am so glad that you've joined us on the Ditching Perfection podcast, a podcast that will help you pursue wholeness in Jesus rather than trying to have it all together. I'm your host, Carly Bartlett, and in this new series, together we'll embark on a journey to find the transformative truths hidden within the inquiries posed by Jesus himself. Along the way, I believe that we will discover answers through Jesus's questions. Welcome to Jesus Q&A. Today's reading comes from Matthew 5, 43 through 48, and this is one of many sections of the Sermon on the Mount that we will be reading, because in the Sermon on the Mount, it's one of Jesus's largest teaching moments that was recorded in Scripture, and in the Sermon on the Mount, he asks a lot of questions. So in the next several days, we'll be looking at questions from the Sermon on the Mount as well, but today, once again, is from Matthew 5, 43 through 48, and I'll be reading from the NIV. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, the word enemy feels like a pretty strong word. Some of us, yeah, we may feel like we have enemies, but I'm sure that all of us, can think of someone who we strongly dislike. Maybe for you, it's the boss that didn't value you or the person who broke your heart. Maybe it was the friend who gossiped about you and betrayed your trust. Or maybe for you, it's someone that you read about on the news, a leader, someone in the public eye who you believe is using their influence and power in destructive ways. We all likely have someone who makes our stomachs churn a little bit. And I I mean, how we think about that person or that people group, it does change the way that we treat them. Do you remember the movie, The Parent Trap? Yeah, I'm kind of on this like throwback kick. I was talking about Willy Wonka recently in an episode. Now I'm talking about The Parent Trap. (laughs) But I watched The Parent Trap recently with my kids. And, you know, if you haven't seen it in a while, here's just a quick little synopsis. But there's two sisters that are separated at birth and they meet at a summer camp and they don't know that they're sisters. And they become like sworn enemies. They treat each other horribly. They pull pranks and and they try to make their lives at camp miserable. And yes, they saw each other as like the worst person ever until they got to know each other. And then their aggression actually turned to compassion. So now I want you to think about that person in your life who makes your stomach turn, the person that you strongly dislike, maybe the person that you think of as your enemy. And I want you to stop for a second and picture their face. Now, do you actually know them? Do you know the pain that they might be carrying? Do you know what is underneath the surface? Do you know about the experiences that have shaped how they think or act, believe, vote, or talk? 
Now, I don't ask these questions to excuse any sort of hurtful, disrespectful, or abusive behavior. If someone has wronged you in significant ways, first of all, I am sorry. Ugh. Those things can be devastating, can't they? And so if you have been wronged in significant ways, it is important and necessary. Please hear me say this. It's important and necessary to keep healthy boundaries in that relationship. But I will say that Jesus's invitation to love your enemy is as much for you as it is for them. Jesus doesn't want us to live with aggression like that. That can eat us up. But Jesus wants us to live with compassion, even when we need to have healthy boundaries in place. So with all of that said, as you think again about that difficult person in your life, hear Jesus's questions again. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Jesus's question, I think, gives us, or these questions, I should say, give us a moment to pause and reflect. I do think it can be tempting to have kind of an inferiority, inferiority feeling when it comes to how we live our faith versus others. And Jesus is actually addressing this by highlighting the tax collectors and the pagans, because both of these groups of people were looked down on. Tax collectors were considered to be sneaky and manipulative, and pagans were considered to be inferior in their spiritual devotion and their practices. And so with these questions, Jesus, first of all, is reminding us not to elevate ourselves above others. The truth is, like, none of us have it all together. And no matter who we are, no matter who we are, it is hard to love our enemies. So what do we do with all this? Okay, the charge from Jesus is to be perfect. And that is really overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, especially for that, for us, we're listening to the Ditching Perfection podcast because we're trying to get rid of perfectionism. And now Jesus's instruction for us with all this in mind is to be perfect. Oh my goodness. Well, here's the good news. When we read this, Jesus isn't wanting us to feel the pressure to throw these Pinterest perfect birthday parties for our kids and, you know, have this curated highlight reel that looks so flawless on Instagram. Those are kind of the things that we think of in our world as perfect, but Jesus's meaning was really different. The Common English Bible actually helps us understand. Here's how it's translated in that version of scripture. Therefore, just as your heavenly father is complete in showing love to everyone, so also you must be complete. I think that's super, that's a super helpful translation of Matthew 548. In the original language, in, in the original Greek, the word for perfect here means complete, mature, and finished. Several years ago, I was digging into all of this and trying to understand. And so I read a really helpful article from Southern Nazarene University from Howard Colbertson, Roger Hahn, who was my professor in my uh, master's program, <laughs> and also Dean Nelson. And they talk about how this idea of mature, complete, perfect can be um, best understood when we think or well understood when we think about um, an example of a piano player. So if we think about like a seven-year-old piano player, they that, that child may be playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. And the teacher will say, 
if if that child, you know, plays it well, may say, oh my goodness, perfect. That was perfect. And in that moment, as that child is intended to be at that age, in that stage of life, that is perfect. But then if that same child is playing Mary Had a Little Lamb, their senior year of high school at their final recital, that even if they play it flawlessly, it's not necessarily perfect, right? Because you would hope that 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 pianist would have grown and matured in their craft all those years. So that's what it means for us to be perfect or complete. It's like as complete as you should be in that moment. And I think, you know, when we look at this, this particular passage of scripture, I think we also need to be careful to not separate this call that Jesus says to be perfect from what he has just said. When Jesus is saying to be perfect, he is inviting us to love those who are not always easy to love and to love our enemies. And so at the core of what it means to follow Jesus is to be so overcome with the love of God that we cannot help but be overcome with love for others. And I think that when we are no longer on the throne of our lives and we're guided by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God who is love, we realize that we are moved with compassion instead of aggression. Another one of my seminary professors, Dr. Hardy, calls God the capital C compassionate God. And I love that. God is calling us to be complete as we are overwhelmed and overcome with the compassion God has for us. Then we, not on our own strength, but by the grace of God, are able to extend that to others. But sometimes it gets tricky. Like, what is our role? What's God's role? You know, we can't necessarily sit back and twiddle our thumbs and eat Doritos all the time. But at the same time, we aren't the one who changes us. God changes us. And so in this conversation, I'm going to continue it in our weekly, in my weekly email this week. And so if you haven't already subscribed, you can do that by going to carlycommunicates.com slash resources. And I'm going to send you a bite-sized Bible study on all of this as we unpack part two of this conversation. But for now, as we finish our episode today, I invite you just to sit with these questions from Jesus today. I invite you to think about, first of all, who in your life is the hardest to love? And then secondly, what is Jesus's invitation to you through this conversation today? Let's pray. God, thank you for your incredible love for us. I know in in scripture, it says, while we were still sinners, that Jesus died for us, that you loved us in the midst of our own rebellion and our own mess ups. So thank you for that. And God, I pray that you would give us the grace to love the people in our lives who are the most difficult to love. I'm sure that each person listening can probably think of someone who has been hurtful and caused pain. And so God, would you give them wisdom? Would you give me wisdom to know what it looks like to be moved with compassion and not aggression? But at the same time, how do we balance that with healthy boundaries? What does it look like for us to be complete and mature in our faith and in our loving of people in a way that is shaped by you? So we pray that you would give us wisdom, guide us, and may we be overcome with your compassion and love. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Jesus Q&A. If this podcast resonates with you and you want to continue the journey of pursuing wholeness in Jesus, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. That way you won't miss a single episode. I'd also love for you to share this podcast with your friends, family, and anyone else who may find hope from diving into the depths of Jesus's questions. I believe that the conversations we're having here matter, and we would love to have others join our community in our little corner of the internet. Well, friends, I look forward to diving into more Jesus Q&A with you next time. And in the meantime, if you want to connect on Instagram, you can find me at Carly Communicates. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.